Hello and welcome to another weekly podcast from BNP Paribas Wealth Management. I am Edmund Shing, CIO of Wealth Management. Today, we're going to talk about why we are still positive on equities, despite the recent banking stresses, both in the US and in Europe. First of all, let's talk about March. March so far has been dominated by the emergence of this US banking stress, which originated with regional banks and, of course, the failures of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. However, we've then seen trouble at Credit Suisse, which has resulted in the forced merger of Credit Suisse with its Swiss rival UBS. And now, what do we see? We see bond yields are falling because we see a repricing of the interest rate hikes expected by central banks led by the US Federal Reserve over the next few months. Essentially, in the US, the market is now pricing in that the Fed is either done or has perhaps one last rate hike of 0.25% to go, but is essentially, in any case, done with the rate hiking cycle. That's sort of good news. Long bond yields or long-term interest rates easing back on the prospect of an ending of interest rate hikes and on the prospect of a weaker economy are the silver lining to the banking stress cloud, as it were. What is interesting to note is a number of stock market indices, despite the banking stress, remain surprisingly resilient. The Eurostoxx 50, ex-financials, is pretty close to its multi-year highs at the moment, and even including the banks, which have lost 15% from recent peak, even including them, the Eurostoxx 50, as of today, the 29th of March, is only down 2% from recent highs. The Nasdaq 100 index in the US, which of course is pretty much bank-free, is actually higher than it was at the beginning of March. So has actually rallied, partly as it seems mega-cap technology stocks have been treated as some sort of safe haven from the banking stress. But even if you look at the S&P 500 and exclude financials, again, it, it's really only drifted down about 2% from the beginning of March. So not a huge impact outside of the financial stocks to stock markets as of yet. But what we can see is that if we look at financial stress, and there are a number of indices published by the Office for Financial Research or by the St. Louis Fed in the US, these financial stress indices, yes, they have risen, but they are nowhere near the peaks in financial market stress that we saw either in 2020 at the time of peak COVID and lockdowns, or indeed 2008 during the global financial crisis. We are still very far away from these levels of financial stress. Uh, and that's probably just as well. There is also a suspicion that while the banking crisis is clearly not over yet in the US, it's far too early to say that, that actually it may well be calming down thanks to the prompt actions of regulators and central banks, particularly in the US. But of course, we can also count Switzerland amongst. And of course, moving on from that, we can say that inflation, which has been such a bugbear for consumers and indeed for the economy over the last you know, last few months is on its way lower and probably again the second silver lining to the cloud which is the banking stress cloud is that growth of course will slow but then so should inflation pressures as well and they should slow really quite quickly whether we look at uh, components such as housing whether we look at employment and services or whether we look at goods prices all of these should be easing back really quite quickly over the next six months in Europe of course, the sharp fall in energy prices will also play its part in bringing down headline inflation. So overall, inflation rates six months from now should be way lower than they are today. One last point that we should bear in mind. 
that if we and the markets are right and the Fed has either already paused or is about to pause in its interest rate hiking cycle, then historically speaking, the returns from stock markets over the next six months tend to be pretty good. If you look at the last six interest rate hiking cycles by the US Federal Reserve going back to the mid-1980s, on five of those six occasions, once the Fed has paused, over the next six to 12 months, you have had an average return of 13% from the S&P over six months and 19% positive over 12 months. And the only time where you didn't get positive returns over these time periods following a pause by the Fed was in May 2000, where, of course, you then had the tech bust after the tech bubble. But that's the only occasion. On the other five occasions, you saw very strong double-digit returns over six to 12 months in each case. So again, this may be what we should be focusing on. Yes, it may be too early to buy bank stocks at the moment, but that should not stop you from buying equity exposure more generally. Maybe you could avoid the bank stocks, avoid financials and buy a fund or an index that is weighted more elsewhere. But ultimately, the central banks and particularly the Fed going on pause can actually be a good thing for stocks, at least on a six to 12 month horizon. Thank you very much for listening to this weekly podcast from BNP Paribas Wealth Management. Please like, share and subscribe this podcast. And please look on Google for other material, both written and audio and video from BNP Paribas Wealth by searching on Google or another search engine for BNP Paribas Voice of Wealth. Thank you very much and talk to you again next week. Goodbye.